Well, I was going to talk a little bit about Bruce Jenner, Kathy Rigby, but um, I've decided against that. I'm going to make it available only for those of you who are clients of the firm when we go ahead and launch. You can, uh, your dashboards, you can uh, get a big chuckle out of it. It's just simply too risky. It's too funny. And um, I want to keep it on a, uh, well, let's just say this. One of the things I have to be concerned about, we were talking about it, is reputational risk. You do realize that uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever it is, is an interesting bird, and I just don't need the grief if somebody uh, should take this and twist it. You see, a lot of people in uh, the banking industry, brokerage industry, insurance industry, media industry, social media, everybody's about me too and the culture of uh, canceling everybody. Just not going to go there. So it's uh, it's a great story. Uh, one I was going to go back and talk about 1994 and how AOL chat had a cancel culture going back then, but uh, we're not going to do that. A couple items I thought was interesting. Um, there are a lot of people that are using video telecommunications. Zoom has uh, you know, gotten a hold of uh, the world in a big way. And um, what I have found that a lot of people like to talk with family, friends, neighbors, and relatives, but very few people really are into communicating with professionals. I've been doing this for decades, and yet just recently Vanguard announced that they're going to be doing uh, video communications uh, with some of their people. So, yeehaw, welcome to the, uh, the party. Um, one of the companies I had a close relationship for quite a while with was VC, V-S-E-E. -E. VC uh, was a startup that um, was basically using uh, video technology for medical calls and telemedicine. And I've been talking about this for those of you who are clients. Um, you know, I've been talking about telemedicine for over 20 years, how this was the future and it was a big deal. Not everybody needed to go to the doctor. And I talked about how you could use your iPhone and various devices that the, the, the compression of software and, and the expansion of a data transmission, you could literally, you know, oh, there's your temperature. Let open your mouth. Let me take a look at your throat. Oh, yeah, you got an infection in your throat. Oh, let's take a look at your eyes, uh, ears, nose, throat, blah, blah, blah. Let's hook you up to a monitor. What does this say? This is, uh, this is a whole new world order. It's not an, it doesn't replace, and that's the big deal. It doesn't replace uh, going to a doctor, okay? It doesn't replace poking and folk, you know, all that kind of stuff. But again, you know, doing blood draws, you're going to see more and more um, pharmacies become primary care distributors for uh, basic health care. Again, I've been talking about that for years. But I was one of the first ones to be part of the VC group. I stopped using them a long, long time ago. It's a highly competitive uh, group. They're still around, uh, industry, they're still around doing fine. But again, when you're first in the market, doesn't mean you usually win. I tried using that with several of our clients. <laughs> Back in the day when, uh, you know, video telecommunications was brand new and it was really frustrating, even though we kept it so simple, most people just couldn't do it. One of the things we found is that a lot of people, especially retirees, and when I say retirees, I'm talking about people 55 and older. Um, if you're 55 and older, it seems as though people can get on and do video communications with their family. They're okay with that. They're okay with uh, church and social groups and things like that. Some people are okay with networking. But when it comes to professional communications, it just doesn't work. Um, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that. Don't know why. Don't, don't, you're not even going to try to figure it out anymore. But a lot of people just want that formal handshake. But the, uh, the world has definitely changed. 
And I think what you're going to see is more and more engagements that would never, never otherwise take place are taking place. Now, I will tell you, in my case, um, I do a lot better with people who are long distance and close by because you're the expert from afar. Um, but again, learning new things becomes very overwhelming. And we've talked about all the different instructional videos that we should do, how we're going to do it. And to what level we'll build out Learning Hive, again, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal. But when it comes to professionals, I think the big uh, thing here is eh, not so many people are, uh, are into that. What we find is that a lot of people are really apprehensive about working with uh, professionals. It's a real slow adoption by professionals, that's for sure. And a lot of people are just, you know, they're not doing what we're doing. But I think what you will see is a whole lot more hybrid meetings where some people will be in attendance. Others will be by, by virtual. That's becoming obviously common. I think a lot of people will continue to attend virtually. I mean, uh, there's not a conference out there. My philosophy, just so you know, I'll be happy to go to these things if it fits my schedule. Um, and it definitely has to be something that, you know, it really fits my schedule. But yeah, you got to pay my airfare. You got to pay for my wife, got to pay for the kids. I need first class accommodations and you need to wine and dine me. And if not, otherwise I don't go. Um, that's just the way it is. I prefer to be paid to go. I prefer to give a talk and you can write it off. But, um, you know, I think, again, whatever fits best for you, but the, again, having these multiple capabilities is, is, a, is a pretty cool little feature. And I think that's uh, something to think about. Okay. Oh, vaccinations. You know, whether big or small changes, people, you know, are uncomfortable with change. And so this vaccination thing, I know I've got a lot of clients that have run out and gotten their vaccinations. I'm not doing that. I don't trust the technology. It's new technology. People buy things nonstop and never question anything. Oh, Bill Gates knows everything about everything. And now we're beginning to find out he's a real shitbag, right? Uh, Frank Abagnale, you know, remember that movie, Catch Me If You Can? All a lie. That was one giant lie. The guy did not do anything that he said he did. He went to tell the truth. He got on there. He got on Johnny Carson. I've uh, actually, I think he lives in Charlotte or Savannah. I don't remember which one, but... I've been by his house. I've seen it. Uh, the guy's a con artist. He's a con artist his whole freaking life. You know, you just can't believe everything people say. And I've been talking about this for a long, long time, that the whole world is lying. I mean, it really is. The government's lying to you about the, uh, oh, it's a virus. You're getting a vaccination. No, the RNA is altering your genetics. And I think long-term genetic alterations are going to be huge. I, I just, I really do. But again, I understand that a lot of people just, you know, they don't care about that stuff. Oh, just shoot me up. So with that, yeah, if somebody says, uh, well, you can't come to Chicago and go to this investment uh, thing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I won't go. Chicago's dangerous anyways. It's a no-go zone as far as I'm concerned. But more importantly, I'll just tend by, uh, I'll tend virtually. Maybe they'll ban me virtually as well because I don't have the uh, corona roni Riceroni vaccine that I definitely love to hate. Also, a lot of big companies out there that are really struggling with their customer service. And I've seen this now for a solid 12 months, people working from home and, and it's just not working. So again, the isolation of engagement and connections, I sure hope if you're listening to this, you understand that if we haven't gotten together by way of a video teleconference, that's on you. It's not on me. I've made available to everybody. Uh, we kind of really work it, but um, eh, whatever. 
Let's talk a little bit about um, coffee. Coffee is uh, about four fifty now if you go to Starbucks on average. Five years ago, it was a three eighty five. Inflation is going up. Okay, I've been talking to you about this a lot. The economic forces out there are huge. When it comes to coffee, for example, there's a major crop loss that took place in 2020. Coffee is cyclical. Every two years, you have an up and a down and up and a down year. And the global supply is such that with currency trading, you had a lot of people who sold their supplies last year and made out like a bandit. Brazil, Vietnam, Colombia, these are the big producers of coffee. You have your traders, you have your roasters, you have your distributors, and then you have something called coffee futures. Yes, there's a thing called coffee futures. So one of the things you're going to see is uh, things are going to go up in price. The pandemic caused this whole global network of shipping to get sideways and screwed up. And I've talked about for years, how just-in-time manufacturing, just-in-time delivery, how everybody has crunched down their warehouses and, oh, well, if I need sprocket number 72.3, we can always get it. Well, if Bob doesn't have it, we can go to uh, Joe. If we can't go to Joe, we'll go to Lin. We can't go to Lin, we'll go to Ying. And if we can't go to Ying, we'll go to Yang. Oh, wait a minute. Ying, Yang, yo, boo, we, none of them got it. And we're screwed. We can't make things. So one of the things I want you to think about for just a little bit. You know, everybody's talking about a chip shortage out there. Okay, so we're talking about coffee, but I want to digress for a minute about uh, chips. Car manufacturers, everybody's having a problem with chips and nobody wants to talk about it. I'll tell you exactly the reason why we have a chip shortage. You do realize that we have this fake war going on. You see, the United States and China really are not at war. Both countries are run by the same damn people, okay? You need to understand that. On a one-to-one -one basis, I'll be happy to tell you exactly who the people are that run China and the United States. It's the same group of people. This group is different from the people who are running Russia and running certain areas in the Middle East, which is also different from Israel and the Saudis and that group of people. So when you look at things, you got to understand where people come from, where they've migrated, and so as a result... This whole chip thing is a war. <laughs> There's, oh, well, you know, uh, we just can't. We got a chip shortage. Well, why do we have? Well, well, we just do. Yeah, it's it's a war. It is a war out there, and uh, you and I are paying for it. So what's going on is you have this worldwide logistics. There's a big container shortage. You have uh, shipping containers that are in some places and not in others. I mean, like 30,000 shipping containers a year go into the ocean and never recovered. You also had some hurricanes, some big storms down in South America. And what happened with that is you have different types of coffee. For example, the Robusta coffee is very strong. It's very hardy. It's very resistant to drought and wetness. The Arabic coffee is very delicate, much more narrow range in which it's grown. So the storms have come in and really destroyed infrastructure, roads, trade routes, etc. And these haven't been repaired right away. Why? Because the reality is, you know, a lot of these local people are dumber than a sack of you know what. You got to bring in people like me to come in and fix things. And because of the pandemic, we didn't go down there because we we're all sitting down. And so as a result, you know, what you have is you have these climatologists, globalists, and all this crap saying, oh, climate change is ruining everything. No, you get droughts periodically. And so about 30% of Brazil coffee is off. Again, the off cycle is coming up. 
So blaming global warming, that's, that's a bunch of crap. It's like saying, uh, again, always remember sunspots and radiation and the cyclical nature of the sun. Been documented for years, not just a few years. We're talking tens of thousands of years. We can tr- track things, but eh, whatever. Sunspots are what they are. Uh, blaming cow farts for sunspots. Anyway, so what you have is you have a continuous rising and cooling of temperatures. And then what you have is you have migration of production. Now, what exactly does that mean? Migration of production means that you go to where you can grow things. So if you ever watch, for example, Gold Rush, uh, sometimes they move. They, they, they've dug out an area. You know, it's no longer, not any good soil there. So the same thing. If the soil's not going to be quite good in one area, it's going to go to another. I mean, the whole earth doesn't go to hell in a handbasket. But the demand for coffee is interesting. We're doing some things economically here, financially, portfolio-wise, which I will not share publicly. Or clients, if you're interested in what we're talking about with coffee, give me a call. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, getting with you and holding your hand and, and telling you anything. But again, we've got some ideas on coffee. And um, anyways, bottom line is coffee is an inelastic demand. Look, if coffee doubled in price, your can, big can of Folgers you get goes up and double, you're still going to buy coffee, okay? You're going to bitch and complain about it like I would and everybody else. You might drink a little bit less, but generally speaking, you're still going to buy it. Now, as people begin to get back moving and going to work and everything else, you'll see more demand for Starbucks. I won't, I won't you go to Starbucks. My wife went today, uh, dropped off her car and on the way back, uh, the, the ride she caught uh, to come back to the office, the... Um, they went and got Starbucks. I won't do it. I boycott Starbucks. I just, I boycott Starbucks. I boycott Chick-fil-A. I know a lot of people like Chick-fil-A. Oh my God. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A. No, screw Chick-fil-A. When it, when the CEO of Chick-fil-A, you know, got down and started washing the feet of this black guy, they were having a, a racial discussion and everything else. And the guy was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, that, I'm done. I'm just so done. People, y'all got to get some balls and tell these guys, you know, no. no. Nobody should kowtow to anybody else. We're all, you know, everybody has equal opportunity. Anyways, the hell, I, I know I, I'm done with Chick-fil-A. I will not eat there, will not buy anything. You'll never get my money. And my wife may spend some of it, but every time she does, I will tell her how bad I feel about it. But so again, coffee is is inelastic. I mean, it's not going to have a big fluctuation. Oh, maybe people cut back a little bit. But here's the thing, everybody, oh, oh, coffee's going to be way down because of the pandemic. No, you know what happened? Instead of going outside, people started making coffee. Curry went through the roof with their little you know, coffee cups and everything else. People with intelligence, they're grinding their own beans or they're doing it, they're figuring it all out. So coffee, when you have this next big harvest coming up, there's going to be an imbalance. And so as a result, from a, an economic standpoint, yeah, Guys, uh, coffee. Coffee is is weird. As prices aren't going up because of what you think. Chips. Oh, chips are we're in short demand. We can't get certain things. Why? Because we have an economic war going. Why do we have an economic war? Because it's relationships. Relationships that go back hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of years. What do you mean? You know, people didn't travel the ocean blue before 1492. Yeah, they did. Sport. Yeah, they did. Uh, Vikings, Vikings in particular, were in North America way before. And just so you know, I talk about this all the time. If you get a chance, do your own research. Swiss cows, S-W-I-S-S-C-O-W-S, Swiss cows, best search engine out there. It's not full of propaganda. You can also search with anonymity. 
look to see what the original Japanese look like, and you'll go, hmm, those look like Northern Europeans. So there's a lot of things that, you know, oh, yeah. Why is it we can't get back to the moon? Oh, we were able to get to the moon in 1969. Why is that? Huh? Why is that? There's a lot of things that we should be asking questions about going, man, this doesn't make any damn sense. Government lies, folks. Government lies all the time, and they use it to use their lies to, to propagandize. It's like going to college. Most of you who have your bachelor's and master's and doctorate degrees and everybody like, oh, 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 you're so smart. No, I mean, you just, you were indoctrinated nonstop with the same crap. I mean, from a guy who went the whole way, I'm telling you, most of it's just a bunch of crap. But, hey, whatever. That's why I like, um, oh, what's his name, Roe, who uh, did dirty jobs. Nothing wrong doing a real, real work. And you know what? Some of our wealthiest clients, some of our wealthiest clients are people that had real jobs. And like I've always said, all these coaches and HR people, those aren't real jobs. That's bullshit work. That's just make that's just make believe work. It's just like most of these people are getting STEM degrees or dumber than a sack of shit. You know, it, it literally is. In some of these countries, we bring these people over on these visas. And it, it takes 50 people to do what, well, my son can do in four or five hours. And it takes these people all, all year, 50 people working all year, what he can do in four or five hours. It is what it is. Frustration? Yeah. I get it. You're retired. You don't understand why does Zoom work, but sometimes you just have to accept that it does. Okay, with that, not going to tell you my Bruce Jenner story and Kathy Rigby. Oh, my God. One day I will tell the story of Kathy Rigby. That was the most disgusting human being I ever met in my life. Little Miss, was it 1972, 74, the Olympics? I don't know. Maybe it was 68, but uh, it was something else. And boy, do I got a great Bruce story. So one day I'll tell you those stories. With that, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. get a kick out of this uh, song it uh, reminds me of one of those movies from years ago where you know they're chasing each other and kind of going here going there going here going there it's just uh, i like this thing so uh, this is by a, a group called the internationalists i know that sounds a really weird pronunciation but uh, it's french anyways we'll just call it the international jazz art quartet but uh internationalists Got a Z in there, kind of weird pronunciation, but eh, it's kind of cool. Did an on-demand uh, video today on our website, 18 minutes, talking about uh, fiduciaries. We're probably not going to do that anymore. People don't understand that. It's a waste of time. Only had a couple dozen people show up. Absolutely nobody decided to make a call or inquire. I got to tell you, the, uh, the, the typical investor in this country is so stupid compared to what they were 35, 40 years ago. It, is, it literally is unbelievable. People think they know everything about everything. They don't know Jack. They don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. But boy, they're going to know everything. Yeah. I'm tired of that, people. I'm really tired of that. I I understand why, for example, you get these mutual fund managers who then go become hedge funds and they wind up having private offices so they don't have to put up with the crap anymore. I actually understand that now.
Another way, if you live in the uh, city of Tampa and you want to start doing bicycle riding, especially if you're in the West Shore area, West Shore is definitely an area that is uh, cool. You can ride and go out to the Courtney Campbell Causeway, go all the way over to Clearwater. Hell, if you want, you can go to the Starbucks, which I would recommend actually going to this particular Starbucks. It's over by uh, Fort Brook by the Scientologists. And uh, just uh, get uh, get a cup of coffee and sit back and, and uh, you can watch those people go back and forth. I, I always get a big laugh out of that. It's just hilarious. But bicycling is cool. The problem with bicycling is um, manufacturing. You know, I mean, you can't get bicycles anymore. L- literally. Literally, some places, it's as much as a two-year wait to get a good bicycle. I talked to a gentleman last night, I know. He was talking about wanting to get a bicycle, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's a real issue now. Bicycles, why? Pandemic and, you know, all this just-in-time manufacturing. By the way, I want to say congratulations to the following people who are making over $250,000. Bruce, Lisa, Jose, Jan, Michael, uh, Richard, Sean, Talbot, uh, Sam, Kelly, Paul, Leslie, Donald, Jeffrey, David, Daniel, Alma, Paul, Jonathan, Thomas, Wilhelmine, Gary, Thomas, Gary, Aaron, Gregory, Sally, Michael, John, Wade, and John. Yeah, all these people are making over $250,000 a year as professors and assistant professors at Florida State University. Congratulations, boys and girls. You're getting one hell of a salary. It doesn't count all the other benefits and one massive pension. Yes, public service. It pays. In a top salary, nearly $600,000, and that doesn't include all the extra perks that go along. 